Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I am Rector Superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stella Maris in Timonium, Maryland. We owe a great deal to the fact that Peter had a quick tongue. Again and again he rushed into speech in such a way that his imp impetuosity drew from Jesus teaching which is immortal. In this, on this occasion, Peter thought that he was being very generous. He asked Jesus how often he ought to forgive his brother, and then answered his own question by suggesting that he should forgive seven times. Peter was not without warrant for this suggestion. It was rabbinic teaching that a man must forgive his brother three times. Rabbi jo Jose ben Hanina said, he who begs forgiveness from his neighbor must not do so more than three times. Another rabbi, if a man commits offense once, they forgive him. If he commits offense a second time, they forgive him. If he commits an offense a third time, they forgive him. The fourth time, they do not forgive. The biblical proof that this was correct was taken from Amos. In the opening chapters of Amos, there is a series of condemnations on the first of the various nations for three transgressions and for four. From this, it was deduced that God's forgiveness extends to three offenses and that he visits the sinner with punishment at the fourth. It was not to be thought that a man could be more gracious than God, so forgiveness was limited to three times. Peter thought that he was going very far, for he takes the rabbinic three times, multiplies it by two for good measure, adds one, and suggests with eager self-satisfaction that it will be enough if he forgives seven times. Peter expected to be warmly commended, but Jesus' answer was that the Christian must forgive seventy times seven. In other words, there was no limit to forgiveness. Jesus then told the story of a servant forgiven a great debt who went out and dealt mercilessly with a fellow servant who owed him a debt that was an infinitesimal fraction of what he himself had owed, and who for his mercilessness was utterly condemned. This parable teaches certain lessons which Jesus never tired of teaching. It teaches that, a less, that lesson which runs through all of the New Testament. A man must forgive in order to be forgiven. He who will not forgive his fellow man cannot hope that God will forgive him. Blessed are the merciful, said Jesus, for they shall obtain mercy. No sooner than that Jesus taught his men his own prayer than he went on to expand and to explain one petition in it, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. As James put it, for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Divine and human forgiveness go hand in hand. One of the great points in this parable is the contrast between the two debts. The first 
servant owed his master 10,000 talents. A talent was equivalent to 240 British pounds. Therefore, 10,000 talents is 2,400,000 British pounds. That is an incredible debt. It was more than the total budget of the ordinary province. The total revenue of the provinces, which contained Udumea, Judea, and Samaria, was only 600 talents. The total revenue of an even wealthy province like Galilee was only 300 talents. Here was a debt which was greater than a king's ransom. It was this that the servant was forgiven. That the, the, the debt which the fellow servant owed him was a trifling thing. It was a mere 100 denarii. A denarius was worth about four pence in value, and therefore the total debt was less than five British pounds. It was approximately one five hundred thousandth of his own debt. R. S. Kennedy drew his, this vivid picture to contrast the debts. Suppose they were paid in sixpences. The hundred denarii debt could be carried in one pocket. The 10,000 talent debt would take uh, to carry it an army of about 8,600 carriers, each carrying a sack of sixpences, 60 pounds in weight, and they would form at a distance of a yard apart a line five miles long. The contrast between the debts is staggering. The point is that nothing men can do to us can in any way compare what we have done to God. And if God has forgiven us the debt we owe to him, we must forgive our fellow men the debts they owe to us. Nothing that we have to forgive can even faintly or remotely compare with what we have been forgiven. We have been forgiven a debt which is beyond all pain. For the sin of men brought about the death of God's only own Son. And if this is so, we must forgive others as God has forgiven us, or we can hope to find no mercy. That's our message for today. May God bless you and have a great day.